I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, May 7, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So we had a thrashing across the markets today. We're obviously going to discuss the whole ball of wax. We're going to cover everything. We've been looking for a top. Obviously, the questions are, was there a top? Is the top in? All that stuff. We're going to unpack everything. We're going to lay it all out on the table and get going right away. Before we do that, let me get something else out of the way and just thank everybody for continuing to participate and post comments underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction and you know I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, but only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Okay, back to business. Where are we? Where do we go from here? Those are the main questions. We're going to get into that. First, let's do a little bit of a recap in terms of where we were recently. So several days ago, namely on the 1st of May, the market put in what we called a reversal candle. Wasn't on tremendous volume. And as a comparison, look where the volume is today. Down at the bottom, you'll see today had 141 and change million shares traded on the SPY. Now, that volume day or that day's volume on the 1st of May wasn't anywhere near that. It was only 71 million shares. But it was a reversal candle. We discussed it at the time. The other thing we discussed at the time and since then was any trader that wanted to be short the market can do so against the high of May 1st. Any close above the high of May 1st, and you'd have to move out of that trade because the trade would have therefore been wrong and the market can certainly go to higher prices. We would then look for another signal of a trend change. However, here we are, lower than we were from yesterday's lows and considerably lower from where we were yesterday's highs. Is this it? Is the market just going to unravel? Is the trapdoor going to open up? And is everybody that's on the bullish side of the market going to just fall right through? That's not the way it works. Let me explain and let's try and set some expectations based on what generally happens. Of course, anything is possible We're going to go with the norm. We're going to go with the 80-20 rule, what happens 80% of the time. But we'll sprinkle in some watch out for this kind of stuff. Remember, we always have to be aware of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. So the first order of business is China. Everything is focused on China. The market is doing what it's doing because of, air quotes, China. Okay, let's give them China. There are trade talks going on. It's a perfect excuse. Let's use it. So we have China. We have people coming from China to negotiate. We have their chief negotiator coming. He's not coming. He's coming. They're going to cut a deal. They're not going to cut a deal. 
They have to pull something out of the deal. We don't want it pulled out of the deal. You see what's going on. You're going to hear that over the next several days. The market's going to swing up on China. It's going to fall hard on China. It's going to have large swings in both directions. It really doesn't matter what the reason is, whether it's China or some other assigned reason by the pundits in the media. Makes no difference. We'll use China if you want to use China. What we do know is we were in the zone where this was coming one way or the other. But keep in mind, just because we had a down day doesn't mean the market has to collapse. Keep in mind, we didn't even hit the 50-period moving average on the daily chart. What's to say we can't have another update tomorrow, repair the damage, and continue up north? We can. What would happen if we closed above the high of May 1st? Then we would likely be going higher, and we would have to reset the expectations and try it again on the short side based on another signal of a trend change that may occur down the line. So this is how you have to approach the market. It's always an if-then statement. If the market does this, then this. If it does that, then this. We just have to be aware of both sides of the market. There's nothing that says we don't get some kind of news, quote-unquote, tweet overnight that reverses the tweet that sank the market this time around. We could get a 180-degree tweet in the other direction. And keep in mind, it's not the tweets. It's actually the market that when we have expanded volatility, we're going to see large swings in both directions. We talked about this in November and October and December of 2018. And here we are talking about it again while we're on the verge of putting in another top. Whether or not the top is in is just nomenclature. What we do know is we can trade against the top that's in. That's all you need to know. Are we going to get large rallies? Absolutely. Could we get a vacuum to the downside? Could we wake up to another large gap down? Absolutely. That's what happens in these environments. That's also the reason why any trader that's short has to be taking profit along the way. We could be a lot lower two months from now. However, we could also be a lot higher than we are today two days from now. You have to be prepared for both. All right, let's switch gears a little bit and let's get specific. Let's talk some numbers. Now, inside the numbers members this morning were given the bogey. The bogey was 28.83 in the ES, which translates to a little bit below 288 in the SPY. There it is. We'll call it 287.75. Now, there are other numbers down below that are extremely important, and they're provided to inside the numbers members early in the morning, long before the market opens. Let's talk some additional numbers. Check this out, by the way. Remember the 290.25, the other horizontal trend line up above. 290.25. What was the opening print today? The opening print was 290.15. So it's interesting how all of a sudden, and that's not necessarily the reason, but I did leave that on the chart for a reason. It's important. That number is important to the market. You can see how we opened pretty much right on it and traded away from it today. I no longer need that number. There are other numbers that are important. Right now, the near-term bogey is 287.75. And you'll notice what happened. Let's look at a short-term intraday chart. 
So there's your bogey. 287.75 could have been 288, 287.50. It's within a margin of error of that number, a reasonable margin of error, right? We never know necessarily to the penny every time, but sometimes we do. But nevertheless, look what happened at the end of the day. The market all of a sudden in the last 20 minutes of the day mysteriously rips up from a low below $286, rips up to $288. And the official close, $287.93. Okay, keep that in mind. And then right now, the market is at $288.5 in the electronic session. So the market closed officially for the day, $287.93. Go down to an intraday 10-minute chart. And look how close that is to that 287.75. So you can see they're teetering on a very, very critical area for the market, at least in my opinion. Let's take a viewpoint from an hourly chart perspective. Now, I want to show something and just make you look at something that we may or may not be seeing, right? So the first thing I see when I put a chart on the screen is generally... The most important thing, at least from the way I look at things, from my perspective, what my mind focuses on first, and remember, my mind's a dangerous place to be, you all know that, but whatever my mind focuses on first is generally, at least to me, the most important thing on the chart. So what is my mind focused on right now? I'm focused on the fact that we dropped and we rally. We had another drop or a gap down and a rally. Another drop or a gap down, and we're beginning another rally. So maybe we have a continuation rally. Maybe we rally up for another day. Maybe we were oversold today on a very short-term basis, and maybe we rally into Wednesday and or Thursday on some phony China relations or China trade news. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. But that's what I see on the hourly chart And if this pattern that seems to be forming holds true, if we rally up, we'll once again be rejected and make a lower low. So that's food for thought. Now let's look at a different time frame and see what else we can put on the table. And we need to understand, we need to know where our resistance areas are on the top side and we need to know where our support areas are below. So right off the bat on the hourly chart, we can see a breakdown candle. So what we want to do is identify what's the high of the breakdown candle, 289.11. There also happens to be a moving average up here. So we can say that if we begin closing hourly above 289, and not by just a few pennies, but above 89, 289, that would be not necessarily bullish long-term, but that's bullish maybe on a short-term basis. So we want to be aware of that. That's a potential that we need to be aware of leading into Wednesday morning if the market's rallying. If we're waking up to a gap higher in the morning, what are the areas we want to know? Well, we also want to know about today's high. So let's identify today's high happens to be 290.81. So if we're above and we close hourly above today's high, then maybe the market's not ready to fall just yet and we could be putting in a different type of situation, a different type of pattern, closing hourly and then daily above today's high changes the short-term picture. We want to be aware of that. Write it down. What do we have below? Well, we have some gaps below. We have a gap right here. So we know that if the market's falling, there's a gap, 
there's a 50 period moving average that we came just short of today. Let's put an identifier where that gap is. It's right around 282.50. Now there's another gap just below that. That one will put it 280.71. Again, there's a margin of error here. I'm giving you generalized numbers. Now, why is it green all of a sudden? Well, I'm going to tell you. On the flip side, if they jerk the market down again, that's going to be an area where we're likely to find some support. As ugly and scary as it may be at the time, it's more likely than not we find at least some intraday, if not more, support. Could it be slightly lower than that? Could they come up short of that? Sure, anything's possible. I'm just saying that in that zone, we're likely to find some chart support that's likely to last more than just a few minutes. So, if we found the market down there sooner than later, now this may not apply two weeks from now, but it applies over the next few days. So we'll continue to talk about it. Maybe we rally tomorrow and drop the following day. Maybe we rally for the next two days and we don't have to talk about 282 for a while. We're not 100% sure exactly what's going to happen tomorrow, but what we do know is we've got an expansion in volatility and we're going to get large swings in both directions. We need to be prepared for both. My longer term take is, and I want to reiterate this, that we were looking for a top and that we're having a longer term corrective move over the next, let's just say, many, many weeks to several months potentially. That's what we've been talking about in the bigger picture. So I just want to make sure that we're clear on something. We've been discussing the fact that the market's in an uptrend. The Qs are in an uptrend. The spiders are in an uptrend. Because the market's in an uptrend doesn't necessarily preclude it from putting in a top and turning down. The market's going to be down a lot of points before the uptrend actually becomes a different trend. So I wanted to make sure that everybody's clear on that. Uptrend is one thing. Putting in a top and a reversal signs and a signal of a reversal or a reversal candle in and of itself is something else. One is apples, one is oranges. They don't necessarily always go together. In fact, they don't go together because you're going to have to get a market reversal and a decline in order to change the trend from up to down. So for those of you that were confused about uptrend and looking for a top, that should help clear the air. I know most of you were clear, but there's one or two out there that might not have gotten it. What's doing over in Camp IWM? Well, this is interesting. Yesterday, everything is wonderful and bullish and how fast things change in one day. The IWM is down 1.8%. As a comparison against the spiders, they were down about 1.5%, slightly less than that. So it's interesting when you compare the two, we had relative weakness against the spiders in the IWM. That is a leading indicator for me. It is my favorite market leading indicator. doesn't lead all day, every day. We know that. But in the bigger picture, generally is a leading indicator. Let's look at this from a different viewpoint. We've had our eye on the weekly chart, and we know it's not in the same position as the S&P 500. Here's the S&P 500 or the spider. We were making another top or a double top area. Spiked through a little bit, but that was a double top area. As compared to nowhere near a double top in the IWM. That's a non-confirmation signal 
That's a market telling you that one is not confirming the other, so one has to catch up with the other, and it's our job to read which one has to catch up with the other. Back to the daily chart, and for those of you new, we've looked at that weekly chart and had that discussion several times, so none of this is new information. It's just information that's on a continuous basis that we're unpacking, unfolding, and discussing. Let's talk about the trend in the IWM. Did anything change in terms of trend today, whether we're talking about the IWM or the spider? No, the trend remains the same. A down day doesn't change a daily trend. We can have an update tomorrow and everybody will forget about where we were this morning. Remember, the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew will make it look like everything's fine for a while, Then they'll make it look like the world is ending for a while. It'll be fine. The world is ending. Fine ending. Fine ending. That's the way it works. Before we move on, I just want to discuss volume one more time as it relates to the S&P 500, namely the spider. So when we look at the volume today, it's not really tremendous volume. 144 million shares isn't tremendous volume. When we get up to the 250 camp, that's tremendous volume. That was a market reversal down here. Not to say this isn't good volume. It is good volume as compared to the volume that we've had recently. But yesterday was an up day and we also had good volume. So I just want to make sure that we keep this in perspective. Something's going on. Are we going to go up 100 handles in the S&P or are we going down 100 handles in the S&P or both? Just keep this in mind. Closing hourly above yesterday's high, and you can keep the downside in your back pocket until and unless we close back below. And you can use that as a benchmark for if the market is rising and you're not sure about where that area may be, you can use that number. It's not close by or anything, but if we have a tremendous gap higher and it looks like everything's fine and they're cutting a deal with China, markets are rallying, you need to know where that number is because that will be traditionally overhead resistance. No matter what the media is telling you at the time, there's going to be overhead resistance up there. What's doing down at the transportation department? Boy, did they get taken out behind the woodshed today down two points, or 231 points, 2%. Canary in the coal mine, we keep discussing it over and over and over again. And keep in mind, as long as we're above the 50-period moving average on the daily chart, or the weekly chart for that matter, the trend remains up. But where are we on the weekly chart? Let's make sure everybody's aware. The 50-period moving average, why is that important? It's not really important to me. It's important to others and I know about it, that's what makes it important. So here's what I mean by that. Institutional money looks at the 50-period moving average as gospel. So they're happy to stay long as long as something's above the 50-week moving average. Not daily, but week. So as long as something's above the 50-week moving average, it's considered okay. We start cracking below the 50-week moving average, and there's going to be sell signals that start to trigger. Well, you have to look at the stocks inside of the transports to find out what the real story is. So let's take a look at a couple. How about Federal Express? FedEx? How does that look? Doesn't look too good. We may get a bounce for a few days. We may get a bounce for a week out of this. But does this look bullish or bearish? What if we go over to the daily chart? 
What does that look like? That didn't exactly work. Let's try it again. So you go over to the daily chart and you can see that we could certainly banter back and forth for a while if the market catches a rally for a day or two or a week or so. We can certainly rally for a while. But the longer term vision for FedEx looks more like a bearish wedge pattern or a bear flag pattern, however you want to define it. Here's a down move. Here's a bearish wedge pattern that generally results in another resuming move to the downside. So this is part of the transports. We need to watch that. Also, part of the transports. Look at where this is. This is UPS as it relates to all the moving averages on the weekly chart. Is this bullish or bearish? Now, we may catch a rally. It may be oversold. However, it's not bullish. Chart stuff 101. High, lower high, lower high, lower high. That's not good. That is not bullish for a stock. They teach you that in technical training 101. Always look at both sides of the coin. Here's the rail stocks. Do they look the same as the UPS and FedEx? No, not necessarily. CSX, which is also a component of the transports, doesn't look the same. Right here on the daily chart, we came in and bounced off of a spike through of the 20-period moving average. When you look at the weekly chart, this is actually in an overbought type of condition and is more likely to come down toward the 20-period moving average, also known aka home base. So we could actually get the CSX moving in the same direction as a UPS or FedEx. The charts look different. They're doing it for different reasons. You have to be aware of these things. You have to be aware what's under the hood. What's important to me about the transports is when they topped out relative to the SPY or the S&P 500 and the transports actually formed at least a short-term bottom right on schedule in the zone where they should, that information is right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader without a shadow of a doubt. And here we are fighting that low and you can see where the close was today. They fought to close it back above that low that was put in on the 2nd of May. They touched the 50 period moving average on the daily chart and rallied it back up. Think about how the transports were getting killed today. Look at a uh, short term intraday 10 minute chart. At the lows, you can see here, we were at 10,556 on low. So they rallied it 120 points from the low to close it back above the other day's low. Is that bullish or bearish? Well, that in and of itself is not bearish. That in and of itself is bullish. We may have other bearish things that outweigh that in and of itself, but that by itself is a bullish action or reaction, however you want to look at it. The Qs out in Silicon Valley, all of a sudden, we're no longer above the 20-period moving average. So look what happened yesterday, and we can discuss this. We're back to the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. So what they did yesterday was they ripped the market up, and just to fool everybody, to suck all the bulls in, to pull the rug out overnight, you wake up and there's not much you can do about it. Happens all the time. Trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew out in full force yesterday. You don't know when, where, and how they're going to do it. You just know they're going to do it. We can play Monday morning quarterback all day with this one. Look at this. They spike through the 50-period moving average, close near the highs of the days. Nothing wrong with this chart whatsoever. And there wasn't at the time. 
And then they pull the rug out. And where was the opening price of the day? Right below the 20-period moving average. If you're looking for a top, you're not surprised. If you're buying the market thinking everything's fine and riding the bull wave, then you have the deer in the headlights look and are surprised. Some of you that watch these videos every single night still are surprised because you watch other ones and you just pick and choose who you're going to believe. I know that's what's going on. It's whatever you choose to do. My objective is to try and get you to understand how to read the market for yourself. I guess the idea is you want to be good enough so that you don't need me anymore. And you certainly don't need some of those other hooligans out there. There's definitely some good ones, but there are certainly some hooligans. Does anybody use the term hooligan anymore? Probably just the people with VCRs. So what's the net-net story with the Qs? This is the NQ. I didn't mean to do that. I hit the wrong button. Is it likely we're going to turn around and continue higher, get right back above the 20-period moving average, or is it likely that we're going to fall below? Well, what's likely is a retest to the 20-period moving average. I'm not saying they will do that, but that's under normal market conditions, a likely story and likely to happen before they really drum this market further down. Now, that could happen, and this is why I was on the NQ. That could happen in the NQ overnight, and then you can wake up to another gap down. That's certainly possible. This is the futures contract that is in relation to the triple Qs that tracks the NASDAQ. So this is the E-mini NASDAQ 100 contract. How important is the 20-period moving average at this point? It's not as important as you might think, and here's the reason why. We hit it once here, rallied away. Hit it again, rallied away. Now we close below it. So that's three times around the 20-period moving average, back and forth. The more times a stock or an index or whatever the chart is, is back and forth through a particular support or resistance area or trend line, in this case, moving average, the less that trend line becomes important on that chart at that price. You rally away from it, it becomes more important again. You banter back and forth, up and down through it, it lessens the importance at that time, at that price. That's all. Down at the financial district, 27 and a half, give or take. Where did we stop today? Right where we should have. Former breakout area. All we did was we consolidated. We tried to break out. We talked about 28 to 28 and a quarter. The market never made it to 28 and a quarter. It split the difference in between and we came right back where we started from. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Is it bullish or is it bearish? It's neither. It was a bad day down one and a half percent, but we're still above all the moving averages. We actually spiked through but closed above the 20 period moving average. So there's really nothing bearish. It was a bad day. And if the market is going to fall, the financials are going to fall too. If the market's going to rally, you're going to have to get participation from the financials. The financials are unlikely to be going south with the rest of the market going north. That's unlikely to happen. It can happen for a very short period of time, but it's unlikely to happen for an extended period of time. The SMH, this is the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, looks very similar to what we just looked at with the financials. What did we do? We came back to test the breakout area. That's where we found support today. Is it finished going down? Well, if you refer back to the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, 
and you take a look at the time component that we discuss, you happen to be in a zone for the SMH right now. You're in a zone in terms of a former breakout area, and you're in the zone in terms of time. Does that mean it's going to turn around and go back the other way? Not necessarily. It's interesting. Put it on a sticky note by the computer. See what happens. If everything else is getting smoked in the morning, the SMH is going to get smoked too. But if we start to get a turnaround and we get a rally for a day or two, don't be surprised to see the SMH all the way back above 116, maybe even as high as 117. Just saying. If we get to the point where the SMH happens to be getting smoked to the downside, that's something else. The two areas are about 104 and then a break of 100. Those are your two near-term areas of support. The only two that I would be interested in. 104, give or take, and a break of 100. And on the 100, keep in mind, they may not actually break 100. They may get close and then rip the market away from 100. They do that. But that's the general zone where I'm looking for support. Taking a look at a couple of stocks, why not? Taking a look at Apple first. Now, it's interesting with Apple because we closed below the 20-period moving average, but that's not the first time we did that. And you saw what happened the following day. We got a gap higher. Here we are again, closing below the 20-period moving average. So the question is obvious. Are we going to have the same set of conditions where we actually have another rally away from this price level, away from the 20-period moving average, keeping the uptrend intact that is possible, that is on the table, There's nothing technically wrong with Apple just yet. But when you see stuff like this developing, you want to look further. Let's see what else we have. Let's look at a weekly chart. What do we have? Well, we have something that looks similar to the IWM, doesn't it? Does it look like we could potentially be putting in a lower high? That is possible. We could obviously rally and take out the former high. That's possible. But I just wanted to bring to everybody's attention, it's a possibility. What if we go in the other direction? What do we see on, for example, a 240-minute chart? Well, we're being contained right now by the 50-period moving average on this 240 chart. Still trending higher. Teetering, but still trending higher. Hasn't really given up the ghost just yet. We're still above the Mendoza line. We'll see what happens with Apple. For those of you who do not know what the Mendoza line is, You're likely not a baseball fan, and that's okay. Not everybody has to be a baseball fan. The Mendoza line, we'll just call it for argument's sake, above 200. What about Facebook? Facebook was a fan favorite all of a sudden, and now here it is coming down off its recent highs. But is there really anything wrong with Facebook? No. Essentially, we're just coming back toward the 20-period moving average. Maybe fill a gap. Let's say they filled a gap down at... 182, 183, down in this neighborhood. From 190, it would look like Facebook was getting killed, right? And what would they be doing? Something that the market naturally does all the time. So you always have to keep in mind, is the market really just heading to complete something, heading toward destination, or is it really unraveling? So we just have to keep that in the back of our mind at all time. There are times when the market is unraveling, and there are times where... It's just heading to a destination to do something. And while that's happening, sometimes it looks really, really ugly. This market is going to get very, very interesting, in my opinion, going forward. So it will be my pleasure to pick it apart each and every day. 
I was going to go over more stocks, but this video is getting long in the tooth. So we'll continue to do that each and every night. I'll cut out some stuff we don't need, and I'll add in some stuff we do as the market begins to get a little bit wild on us. So with that, I'm going to give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.